The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hello, everybody. Truth, justice, and the American way. Day two of confirmation hearings for Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson. Senator Ted Cruz questioned her on critical race theory, and the judge equivocated, saying she's never studied it. She also couldn't quite remember the 1857 Supreme Court case, Dred Scott, that ruled people of African descent weren't citizens. The 14th Amendment overturned that case three years after the Civil War. More American troops may be headed to Europe as Russia's war on Ukraine is now on its 27th day to reinforce our troops already positioned on Europe's so-called eastern flank. That is the Baltic states, Romania, Hungary, Slovakia, the Czech Republic, and Bulgaria. The Ukrainians have defended their nation with valor and grit. Most military analysts had expected the Russians to make quick work of their invasion, a few days, a week at most, to take over the country. Instead, the Ukrainians have stalemated the Russians, and there are reports the stalled Russian army has food for only another few days to a week. And the Ukrainians are also in dire need of food and water and medicine as well. The number of casualties is rising on both sides of Russia's war on Ukraine. This is The Great America Show. I'm Lou Dobbs, and thanks for being with us. President Biden apparently had permission to go public with the globalist elite's New World Order initiative, and here he is, talking to the Business Roundtable, a group of the most powerful U.S. multinational corporations. We are at an inflection point, I believe, in the world economy. Not just the world economy, in the world. It occurs every three or four generations. As one of as the uh, one of the top military people said to me in a secure meeting the other day, 60, 60 million people died between 1900 and 1946, and uh, since then we established a liberal world order, and that hadn't happened in a long while. A lot of people died, but nowhere near the chaos. And now is a time when things are shifting. We're going to there's going to be a new world order out there, and we've got to lead it. We've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. Mr. Biden getting ready to leave Washington to attend this week's NATO summit in Brussels. But it appears his press secretary won't be going with him. Jen Psaki has tested positive for COVID for a second time in five months. Psaki says she's fully immunized, which minimized her symptoms, she says, and kept her out of the hospital. Dr. Fauci is back out in front of TV cameras with his usual message, be afraid and obey your government, because unelected bureaucrats, of course, know what's best. Nearly a million Americans have died over the two years of this pandemic, more than six million worldwide. Now, Fauci says a surge of the Omicron variant known as BA2 is in Europe and on the way here. And he says your government may have to bring back some restrictions. But not so fast, Dr. Fauci. You're the guy who said the virus didn't originate in a Wuhan laboratory. And then we found out you helped fund it. You were also against masks. Then you were for masks. You said a travel ban wouldn't help, and it sure did for the Chinese. Oh, and about those vaccines and the lockdowns and the masks and school closures and the high price we all paid, particularly our young children. Not so sure you're the right guy, Dr. Fauci. I am certain that our guest today is the right guy. He's Dr. Robert Malone, a great doctor and internationally recognized scientist who was the original inventor of mRNA vaccination as a technology. He also holds many patents, US and internationally. Dr. Malone has done much to awaken his profession and the American people to what our government has been doing over the past two years. 
and he considers it his mission to assure children are protected, to stop or limit vaccine mandates, and to save lives. Good to have you here, Dr. Malone. Where are we with this pandemic, this new variant, and now the number of cases? So uh, right now, I, I haven't checked the case count lately for the United States. I could do that right now online, but um, the case counts are relatively low. The uh, new um, BA.2 variant, I think is what right. you're talking about. Right. And uh, I think there is currently something in the range of 10%. Um, Dr. Fauci is predicting it may come up to 50%. But uh, it's notable that he's also um, clearly signaling that the um, morbidity and mortality, in other words, the severity of this new Omicron variant is uh, modest, just as the original one it doesn't seem to be any different from Omicron. It's just a little more, it's a little better able to compete in, uh, apparently in Europe, not clear yet if that's going to play out the same way in the United States, but that's that's uh, seems to be the current thinking coming from NIH. I, I personally see this as um, more really fear-based uh, journalism and messaging. Uh, there's no evidence that this is associated with any great increase in disease severity. And the uh, what they're it's interesting they're choosing the language that this is apparently quote fifty percent more infectious so that sounds kind of ominous mm -hmm. but what that means is that the R naught has bumped up from you know something like eight to something like ten um, and uh, it's it's not making that much difference in terms of the, the uh, disease and death, it is um, able to compete better against the BA.1. I, I find it interesting that, and the reason I ask you about cases and, and deaths, and I follow those, and I just wanted to get your sense of where we were, because I'm watching these daily numbers, uh, and I see you know, that we're around 1,100 per day and deaths of late. And I, I'm being told by various people, as we all are, that this thing has run its course, that it's, we're near being an endemic. And then we're told by Dr. Fauci and others that in point of fact, no, we've got to be prepared for a surge uh, and get ready for more controls on the part of the, uh, the medical orthodoxy that now has political power well beyond anything ever envisioned uh, by either law, uh, legislatures, uh, or indeed our, our founding principles. Uh, it is very troubling to me to see that. Uh, on the other hand, I'm looking at 1,100 deaths and I'm saying, Dr. Malone, this is a lot of people to still be dying uh, and call it endemic because my math takes that out to about 400,000 people a year if it were to remain at that level and do a straight line extrapolation. What do you think? So the problem with talking about deaths in the United States is that um, we have the government having still in place this definition that if you die and you have COVID or have recently had COVID, you're defined as having died from COVID. So those deaths, you have to really um, look at, at the mortality and you have to look at changes in all-cause mortality because the statistics that are being fed into these various, whether it's Johns Hopkins or Worldometer or fill in the blank, whatever it is that you're uh, tracking right now, um, are really biased because of this intentional decision to inflate uh, the um, number for deaths associated with COVID and, and like I said, the only reliable statistic that we have right now, in my opinion, in the United States is all-cause mortality right. and, and changes in all-cause mortality, which is what the insurance industry analysts and the stock market analysts have been looking at. And, and those numbers are ominous, but they're not um, showing the types of things that the government would like us to be seeing. They, Did you they say are ominous? strongly. 
Yeah, they're in the sense that the, if you if you carefully dissect the all cause mortality, which is much harder to manipulate because it's not subject to interpretation about um, causal relationships, mm-hmm. but it shows clear trends. These are the trends that have got the insurance analysts worried. Um, originally, there was the report a few months ago about a forty percent increase in Q three of uh, 2020, um, 2021. And uh, now, now we're in a situation in which this is being sustained and it's being dissected, these data are being dissected and, and appear to show that the um, bumps, the surges in mortality, all-cause mortality, correlate with key events having to do with mandated vaccination and they don't correlate very well with the surges in infections, such as uh, the Delta surge, which has been the explanation up to present. So, and, and now we have from a variety of sources breakdown that is stratified by age that's showing surges in mortality in age cohorts that, that really haven't shown major mortality associated with the virus. So that's sure. that. For me, those are the numbers you got to watch um, is all cause mortality. And you're at this point, you're not concerned about a surge or or an existing Um, high level uh, of deaths. What what it appears what. So, again, the deaths associated with the virus Mm -hmm. um, appear to have been overinflated considerably. Right. Consequent to the decision on how deaths are being defined, deaths with virus are defined as deaths from virus from right. the disease, and that's that's clearly false. Um, and uh, so, what I'm concerned about is um, the trends in all-cause mortality that seem to correlate with key events having to do with vaccination and vaccination policy. Right. The so- um, the Omicron, you know, we call it Omicron Plus or Stealth Omicron or BA.2, that although it seems to be somewhat more infectious, it doesn't seem to be um, more, more lethal or cause more severe disease, uh, unlike Delta. And, and so uh, if you look carefully at all the discussions that are, that are really cropping up around the need for a fourth vaccine dose, of Pfizer typically, um, also Moderna. The Moderna CEO is more cautious than the Pfizer CEO regarding the fourth dose. But uh, all of that um, coincides with the political machinations that have resulted in transfer of the remaining funds for COVID um, to the Ukraine battle. And now the government has to justify continuing the state of emergency declaration and um, ginning up more funds, significantly more funds, because right now they have no money to pay for a fourth dose. So I think that you really have to view all of this press through the lens of uh, various uh, political interests. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, It's not, there's so much... um, information manipulation going on and has been for quite a while that it's hard to make sense out of things without taking into account these various um, agendas, let's say. Yeah, I I think that, and that's one of the great, one of your great contributions to this national conversation uh, has been the fact that we have to take account of all the cross currents and the powerful forces that are moving through our society right now uh, and people have left out uh, even recognition of the profit motive. Uh, they've left out uh, a, a considerable concern about the political uh, direction uh, and preferences uh, in our society right now, how they correlate. There is a nexus of uh, concerns around uh, just information. Uh, and information seems to me to be still after over two years of this, everything that you've done, Dr. McCall, others, uh, we have a, a medical establishment that is still being unhelpful 
to the average so-called American. We're all average in, in, in that sense. And we're always average at something. And the average American doesn't have an opportunity to understand why the CDC is now handling the reporting of death rates rather than hospitals. We don't understand what has been, you're talking about uh, death rates. Uh, we don't know for sure exactly how those are being calculated because the great complaint was that uh, you know they died with COVID, therefore they died of COVID. Uh, that was the problem with hospital reporting. Has that been ameliorated? Has that been fixed, changed as a result of now the CDC being responsible for the count? Yeah, Lou, while we were talking, I've just looked up on Worldometers, which is the, the tool I prefer rather than Hopkins site. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so I looked up on Worldometers and I'm looking at daily new cases trends in the United States. Right. We've fallen, the curve clear, clearly shows that we've fallen. Um, uh, we're we're still falling. We're currently at thirty three thousand daily new cases, according to Worldometer, right. um, as of March eighteenth, is the last time reported, mm -hmm. and that's down from a peak in January January thirteenth. Here I'm seeing of eight hundred and eighty nine thousand or nine hundred thousand. So it's we've huge. fallen from nine hundred thousand down to thirty one thousand. Um, and even in some, in some, let's see, the latest March 21 is showing uh, 22,479. So we're, we're, you got to really look at new cases. And then um, if I look at uh, coronavirus deaths in the United States, daily new deaths, again, that's, that's on a clear downward trend. And the latest uh, that I see on this chart for daily new deaths is March 19th at 501, down from a peak on uh, January 27th of 3,430. So, so the, the data that I'm looking at uh, shows that uh, no evidence of a surge, uh, a, a clear decline and continuing decline mm -hmm. in daily new cases Great. and a clear decline, um, including, you know, down to um, the most recent, let's see, I just got to fine tune it, um, 232 for the 21st, 501 for the 19th. So, so I think um, uh, we're, this is all consistent uh, with what had what I and others had predicted, and which even Mr. Gates asserted, that the wave of Omicron that hit us in uh, after the holidays uh, in into January has effectively vaccinated the bulk of the U.S. population. And I think that's probably why Dr. Fauci is is having to dial back on his statements, where he's now saying that. Um, this isn't causing significant uh, disease. It's not more uh, deadly uh, uh, than than the uh, original Omicron variant. Um, and uh, he's predicting a surge in infections. Uh, but I think that that we have to be really cautious because the mathematical modelers, that they've been relying on in the U.S. government, which is largely the Imperial College people back in the U.K., have consistently overshot the mark. Um, and, and there's the talk about surge in Europe, but I'm not seeing that. I, it, it, again, I think we have a lot of, really, the truth is we have a lot of mis and disinformation coming out of our government uh, and certainly out of the media. Here we are over two years later, all of the hard work that uh, you and other doctors uh, who have been uh, strong in, uh, in correcting the record and testing the, the thinking of our government uh, and the facts, that the, the facts, the purported facts that they have shared. Uh, we, Dr. Fauci is suddenly back on television after, a, a, I thought, a very healthy absence. Uh, one that was good for the soul of the country. And suddenly his back uh -huh. talking about a surge. Uh, and I'm looking down at numbers. I have no idea what the difference is between the CDC reporting and hospitals reporting. I have no idea because I don't trust this government in any way, shape or form. I have no idea 
well, I have an idea that the CDC is in charge of that reporting now because the government can control it. Uh, and so I get very, I'm very skeptical. Uh, I am very concerned about the fact that people have no idea what is happening. And that can, you can lay at the media's uh, feet, certainly is uh, their responsibility. But we're, we're talking about five-year-old kids here getting inoculated. And I'm looking at uh, the numbers that everyone else sees. And I can't see why a five-year-old needs to be inoculated against this variant or COVID. Uh, I, I agree with you from a public health standpoint, there's no logic at all. And I agree with Joe uh, Latipo down in Florida, who has just been mercilessly attacked for stating the obvious. Um, yes. Fortunately, now the Wall Street Journal has put out an op-ed in which they're endorsing uh, the state of Florida position. So maybe sanity will come around. But you're right, the concerted media attacks and efforts, including from the American Medical Association, uh, for stating truth and, and the obvious, I think is revealing of the conflicts of interest. I think it's saying more about these organizations than it's saying about the data. And I believe with help from yourself and others that we're starting to get that through to folks that they can, um, in a way that they can understand and appreciate that they've been subjected to um, amazing uh, propaganda, coordinated propaganda and censorship campaign designed to promote vaccination. And that, again, just to go back, circle back, the, the amazing drop in the New York Times on President's Day, in which it was clearly and explicitly acknowledged that the CDC has been withholding data all the way through, yep. and that the CDC has been politicized. It is a political arm of the executive branch. Now, it is no longer an independent, objective source of reliable information for physicians and public health officers. And more doctors are coming to that sense. Uh, early on, I can still re recall our, our family doctor being very cautious, uh, wanting to make certain uh, in the early days that everything was CDC uh, standards and following that rather precise. I haven't heard a mention of that in, <laughs> in a very long time. And, and the, the issue with Dr. Fauci, uh, this is a man who lied to the American people from the get-go. Uh, he said directly that Wuhan was not the source, the Wuhan laboratory was not the source of this virus. Uh, while indeed, demonstrably, the NIH and his uh, department of the NIH were funding at least part of that. He had to know what was going on there. And he's been so wrong about so much that still he is the face of public health for the federal government. And even if he said something that was life-saving and important and right, I don't, I don't think most Americans would for one moment believe a word the man said. What do we do? Yeah, so I, I agree. Um, and it's clear that Dr. Fauci's utility as a political actor um, has been compromised for this administration. There's a, a great article, if I can just uh, drop a name, Nicholas sure. Wade on March 20th. Um, and he, he's published in a journal called the city-journal.org is how you can find it. The title is Journalists or PR Agents. And what he lays out is the concerted, um, uh, really, uh, the, the concerted effort to push back and normalize the idea, again, that this virus emerged from a wild animal population in some way. And it's, there's absolutely no documentation provided. The sources are basically Fauci, Collins, and assorted individuals that have a conflict of interest in trying to push back against the uh, the narrative that this uh, was a laboratory escape. I'd just like to hit on uh, his his last two paragraphs that I think are seminal here. If the COVID virus should be found to have indeed escaped from a lab in Wuhan, a tidal wave of public rage 
may shake the temple of science to its foundations. It's in reflection of their source's interests, although political polarization is also involved, that science writers jump on any evidence. They bring natural emergence and ignore everything that points towards a lab leak. Science writers need to decide whether their duty lies to their readers or to their sources. One choice makes mm -hmm. them real journalists, the other just unaccredited PR agents for the scientific community. So yeah. I think that's that's where we're at all the way across is, is I, I'm speaking more and more that we're in a total information control and warfare environment. The, the government is really kind of up against the fence here. You know, I've uh, with with what they've done, Doctor. I I, I share with this audience uh, a great skepticism about government and anyone or anything that seeks to take control of our lives, uh, I, being disrespectful of our rights as Americans. Uh, and we have reached a point where there is more disinformation, and I've said this repeatedly on this on this show. It is so difficult to be in a situation which there's a war in Ukraine and we're getting hit by Russian propaganda and misinformation, disinformation. We're getting hit by Chinese disinformation campaigns. We're getting hit by uh, Iranian disinformation campaign and the list goes on. But well, the principal source Ukraine, of disinformation, also, the principal source of disinformation in this country is coming from the United States government. We have been yeah. for seven years bombarded by the deep state, the permanent bureaucracy, the Democratic Party, the national corporate media with nonsense, and no one is being held accountable. And so to divine what we should be doing within the, this pandemic, if it were not for voices like yours, we would have been completely at sea and a quite different You're result. Kind. <laughs> You're very kind. But it's I and I and I'm, well, it's, I'm grateful for that. Uh, but but there's many many. That's the lovely thing is uh, yes I I took some slings and arrows early on, but it gave courage. You mentioned uh, Peter McCullough, yep. um, Pierre Corey, uh, oh. Ryan Cole, who's just been mercilessly attacked, Richard Urso, many many others, right. and. Uh, what I find now is that, as you mentioned, physicians increasingly and the general public are becoming more and more aware of how badly they've been manipulated by our government and by the pharmaceutical industry. And I think that there's a silver lining there. I mean, I always try to look for, for the bright side of life, to quote Monty Python. Um, but, but if you know, these folks have been manipulating us for decades now, and they it's gotten so egregious, so overt that we now can see it. Every, every, everybody is, is able to see it if they're willing to look. And it validates yeah. the kinds of things that you and so many others have been saying. You've also been brave in taking a lot of arrows and hits uh, by speaking out. and. Um, so I, I, I think um, I'm grateful for your kind words, but there's many here that, that, uh, I understand. that deserve I, to be recognized. And I, I lionize all of you uh, for the very simple reason that you deserve to be and that everyone should recognize the, the, the monumental contribution you've made. We would be a different country right now were it not for you and all of the folks you named and more uh, it, we, and, and there are a handful of people in, in the corporate media who actually have had the guts to uh, st uh, stand up. Uh, not many, but a few. And uh, Joe Rogan, uh, you know, principal among uh, all uh, in getting the message out. It's been a difficult time, but I have to say, being independent of corporate America right now in my life and my career it gives me uh, an opportunity to do something that others don't uh, yes. don't have. You know, and, freedom uh, is kind of a nice thing, isn't it? It's a wonderful. <laughs> it's kind of nice to be free, <laughs> and especially with yeah. you know, it, it, you know, it, sometimes freedom isn't a choice, but it's a great result, uh, and, and, uh, exactly. and I love it. I, I want to turn. If I, I, I've been 
Go ahead. Go, go, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, I've, I've been spending a lot of time in various communities of faith and uh, they keep emphasizing the, the belief that uh, there's a purpose in all this and uh, just um, to not get yourself too worked up over it. Good things are going to come out of it. And again, you know, whether or not you're a person of faith, I think there's a lot of merit in, in trying to look for the bright side here. People, the world still looks to America for leadership. They still believe the American people are fundamentally good people. And I think that if we can all wake up and stand up and recognize that there is a concerted effort to, um, to manipulate us and to uh, control in a global sense the politics and economics that we've all been subjected to, then we've got a chance to not be put back into some kind of 21st century serfdom, which is, seems to be what they want to do. Yeah, I, I and I think people, Doctor, I, I, I guess I'm as uh, cheery a fellow as you, uh, but I'm also highly experienced in in the consequences of telling the truth. Uh, I, I've grown accustomed to it, as they say. I, I get paid to tell the truth, and therefore I, I suffer the consequences for I think readily and cheerfully than most others would who aren't accustomed to the consequences. Uh, this is not a time where we should ever apologize for the American people. Uh, we are a good and decent people, and no one has worked harder than the American people to share their wealth and their opportunity with the entire world. But what we are facing right now is a concerted effort on the part of the left in this country, the radical Democratic Party, the Marxist Democratic Party, to absolutely take over our government and turn aside our way of life. And, and no one can understand what has happened to us in this pandemic without understanding the forces at work. And those forces are without any doubt whatsoever. Born of the left, uh, they spring from the, uh, the doctrinaire universities and colleges that have been created on the left. Uh, it's disinformation, it's, it's indoctrination, uh, it is across the board, and Americans have to understand what we're up against, and it is a powerful, powerful force indeed. Uh, you know, they demonize, uh, and what we, what we really have to understand is that we have to respond uh, with great forces of people against these, uh, these evil actors. Uh, they could have easily prevailed in this pandemic, uh, shut down our schools, shut down our young people, destroyed so much potential for this country, our human resources, to put it in clinical terms, uh, for the future. Uh, it, it is, there's just and no Tony doubt still of what wants we're to. contending with. In, in his latest statements, he's still endorsing lockdowns, despite yeah. all the evidence of how much damage they cause He's still there. It is that, you know, again, judge them by by their actions, not their words. Yep. Look at what they're willing to do to us and then figure out what the heck is going on. Lou, I just come back uh, late last night from spending the weekend on the West Coast. Uh, I was invited back to my hometown of Santa Barbara to give a rally and talk. And um. I got to see what's happened to California since I left in essentially 84. And then, you know, certainly Santa Barbara, I left in 82. Mm -hmm. One of the things that was shocking to me is the policies they put in place for my original alma mater, Santa Barbara City College, uh, in terms of masking, vaccination requirements, all the lockdowns, distance learning and everything. It's now at 50% enrollment. What they're doing is they're, they're okay with depriving average folks of the ability to get an education. Just process that for a minute. I got to see firsthand what's happened to California in, in coming back from Virginia. So that was really, you know, you hear all these things about what's going on in California culturally and legally and um, 
within the legislature and all of their mandate policies and everything else, I got to see it firsthand from the people that are suffering from it. And they are suffering. And I, I think that I'm with you. There's no other. It's really hard to explain what's going on other than reaching to what you've just spoken about and also to Matthias, uh, my good friend, Matthias Desmet's mass formation phenomena. People there are, there is a large fraction of the population on the West Coast that are just gone barking mad. Yeah. I, I, I had never heard uh, of uh, the, the description uh, for mass hypnosis, but uh, without the, again, the, the professional term for it, I, I happen to have thought that the left has gone barking mad for a long time. But to see, if, if we step back just momentarily, and, and when you're in the public arena, as you know better now, because you have been fighting fiercely uh, as a warrior for truth and for the health of the country, uh, for the good of the country. But in this arena, you don't always see the whole. And the whole right now is uh, fully, fully half this country has bought into madness. Uh, they no longer believe that that it's I mean they no longer believe that the values that made this country great are relevant. They no longer believe that there is a reason for integrity and in the institutions that have made this country so great. They no longer believe even in public education, which is the great equalizer in our society. It's not in the war on poverty. It's not all of this other stuff, and any fool should know that. It is our public education which performing at its optimal is the greatest equalizer known to man. Uh, and uh, to see what the left has done uh, through the teachers unions and through the, the, the madness. It's, it's measurable. It's, it's not just the 20 point IQ drop in the young children that have, that have been born and starting to grow up into this. Yeah. It's the uh, ranking internationally in all of the science, technology, education areas. Uh, we're we're slipping way down the list now, and and I, it's it, it you know it's some sometimes you kind of feel like you don't recognize the place. I, I really don't like to say that. I mean here here in in um, a fairly red rural county in Virginia where we live nothing's changed. People are still the same as they always been. But mm -hmm. I think in a lot of these more urban areas and along, you know, where the coastal elites are, I'm sorry to, to characterize it that way, but that seems to be what it is. Th things, things are, are changing. People are um, not able to access, as you say, high quality education and it's having an impact. It's going to have a long-term impact on our financial and economic uh, competitive viability. I, the, the damage that's been done is profound. And I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm a little, I don't want to sound pessimistic, but I, I'm at a bit of a loss about what we're going to do about it. Yeah, and I don't think that, you know, at this stage, it's not pessimism to look at uh, the objective reality that we all face right now. Uh, it is uh, the right and moral uh, thing to do because there's so many people. You talked about 20 points lower on an IQ. Uh, I, I mean, that's stunning. Uh, that is, that's devastating. Yeah, it is. And the, the developmental delays that we're seeing in children from all of these policies and the masking, the psychoses, the suicide, um, the drug abuse, the, it just goes on and on and on and on, um, the consequences of these policies. And yet still we see Dr. Fauci with not wanting to change. We see Mr. Biden wanting to sustain his emergency declaration, despite the fact there's no medical emergency. Yeah. With this, this is the consequence. You know, the, there's always all this talk, um, uh, you know, a one-party uh, democracy is no democracy at all. I've seen it in the state of Florida. I'm sorry, I've seen it in the state of California. I've seen it in the state of Hawaii, where both and in the state of uh, Washington, I've seen the consequences of, of having a uniparty. 
and it it doesn't work. It's bad. I don't know. I mean, that, just to be blunt, it it this is the consequence, and now we see it at the federal level, since uh, both houses and and the uh, executive branch are all controlled by the same party, and this is what we get is this kind of overreach. The problem I have, I think we all have, is the midterms aren't for another year. The POTUS, we've got three more years of this. Yeah. I, and, I, and it's just been a train wreck. We're about now seven months out, seven, eight months out uh, from the midterms in November. And I, and I keep talking to politicos on this show. I, I'm just not a quick learner, <laughs> doctor. I keep talking to politicians. Uh, and, and they talk about how they just got to get through to the to the midterm election, and yet they've changed nothing uh, on the ground. They know they are not being assured uh, through their own hard work of greater integrity in our electoral system. So what happened in 2020 can occur again. There is no outrage in this country to find. We just recently had Bill Barr, the Attorney General under Donald Trump who refused to quote unquote intervene in the election of 2020 uh, and gave a pass to vice, uh, the former vice president at that point on the Hunter Biden laptop. Uh, and then he heard in the third debate of 2020, <laughs> Joe Biden lying through his teeth about both his son, the laptop, the contents on the laptop, and he lied with the, uh, the complicity and aid of 50 veterans of the intelligence community and five former heads of the CIA. And he said nothing because he didn't, he told Mr. Trump, he didn't want to intervene in the election. And it was inappropriate to talk about a open case. He lied to 300 million people and he didn't find it important to correct the record. That isn't intervention. This is the kind of madness that grips us. Where a, a man, I think he's a good man, uh, but he's certainly a weak man. And we've got too many of those uh, folks in government. Uh, and otherwise, why would they not? Why would they not be the Republican Party confronting Fauci and saying, here's the record, here's what was done, and here's what Dr. Malone says is the truth, for example? And why in the world are you not recognizing reality? And why are we not making policy according to the science that you keep exalting but ignoring? Because that's where we are now with the left and our government. I'm sorry, I'm sad to say. So that, that gets back, it's okay. It's, it gets back to my point. This is not about public health. You, I cannot reconcile the data, the behavior, the policies mm -hmm. with it being driven by a public health agenda. It appears to be driven by other agendas. And now we have Mr. Biden speaking directly about new world order. He's used the language before yep. with build back better, the language of Klaus Schwab, but now he's directly endorsing it. And I think, you know, people need to look into and understand what this means. This is advocacy for the end. This may sound like hyperbole, but the New World Order envisions an environment in which we basically have corporatists running world government and the nation state becomes obsolete, which is to say that the idea behind the Constitution that we have some sort of national national autonomy uh, to make our own decisions and make our own way and have our own governmental rules is obsolete. Mm -hmm. That that's the that's what they're intending to enable. Without question. And I, there's no you can't hide it. It's out in the open. All you know you can deny it. You can um, uh, obfuscate it through words and through media and through propaganda but it's right there. And for some reason, we've ended up with a president of the United States, despite his oath to defend the constitution, who is endorsing a new world order that involves a one world government that is built on principles that are those 
which are being advocated by the left in this country. Yeah. And whether it's uh, the Department of Homeland Security's uh, secretary, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, selecting corporate CEOs for his advisory council for the Department of Homeland Security. Imagine that. And by the way, it's not it's not a surprise that each of the CEOs he chose are corporatists, they're global corporatists, and they're left-wing global corporatists supporting, in most instances, uh, Black Lives Matter, BLM, which is now uh, disgraced uh, and discounted uh, by its own actions and words, uh, but which corporate America supported because it was convenient to their interest to have riots over four months of the summer of 2020 in that uh, election year. Uh, it, it is it is so appalling to see where we are. And if it were not right now, I truly believe this. If it were not for podcasting, I think all of the voices, independent voices that respect individualism and respect a constitutional republic, namely ours, and respect the Bill of Rights and the traditions and the heritage of this country and understand that there there is no accident here. This country was born of a great idea. Uh, and so many people have sacrificed to preserve what now corporate America, the globalist elite, uh, our universities and colleges, uh, our, uh, our media are trying to destroy even the, the deep state, if you will, along with the Democratic Party. And our, our faith leaders are not recognizing it and fighting hard. They, they're afraid to step in front of their pulpits. Uh, step in front of their congregations uh, and and say, here is truth, and we have to recognize it if we're going to preserve our faith, whatever that faith may be. Uh, the Republican Party is filled with rhinos who are nothing more than agents of the left. Uh, they are not just Republicans in name only. They're not Republicans at all. Uh, and by the way, uh, no, they're a the party. The, the a, lot of, and a lot of them are, are deb, yeah, they're uniparty and a lot of yeah. them are World Economic Forum trained yeah. or, or tied in some way. We're, we, you're right. You're, we're in a situation, to my eyes, where something like all of the left, all the Democratic Party, and perhaps up to a third of the, or perhaps even more of the sitting Republicans are really all in one uniparty um, environment that seems to be closely tied with this globalist agenda. Yeah. And uh, I, and then the media you're, I'm with you on that. It is time for a new media. And uh, I, I think that there are signs that it's emerging. I, I get contacted by people that are building and investing in new media solutions. Mm -hmm. the the established media ha has is clearly compromised it has been bought it has become an agent of these uh, globalist interests and it's deeply compromised by the intelligence community that's unequivocal and the hunter biden biden laptop case is 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 quite explicit the uh, involvement in interface between the intelligence community and uh, the legacy media is clear as a bell. It's also pretty clear in the case of Ukraine. And it's the thing that's really woken a lot of people up, of course, has been the COVID. So it's time we build, we must build up an environment in which free speech is respected. Yeah. And one of the things, Lou, if I can continue my little rant. Surely. If, if you think about the logic that underpins the super PACs, the logic there that was put to the Supreme Court is that money is free speech. Remember? Mm -hmm. um, money represents politically protected speech. And what we've had with this new strategy of deplatforming people, you know, whether it's preventing your donations to give, send, go, or go fund me or mm -hmm. directly attacking your ability to access your bank account, that logic that's now gone from the level of nation states down to the individual as shown by Justin Trudeau, mm -hmm. 
that that is the ultimate it it's it it is if money is speech free speech they're able to deplatform now an individual with the push of a button and uh completely prohibit not only their ability to speak and but to participate in society or even to uh have any kind of a livelihood to go and go shopping to buy gas and yeah. that's accepted why we don't have outrage over that blows my mind it is i couldn't agree with you more and i i couldn't agree with you more about my surprise at the reaction of the american people to these outrages we had a a, a theater uh, in, in canada just north of us uh we got to watch authoritarianism uh, play out uh, to prosper and to take over a country that I never thought would uh, diminish individual rights uh, with the force uh, and the ignorance that their government did. Uh, and it's, it is a clear clarion a call to the American people as we witness that that we have precisely the same thing going on in this country, and perhaps not as obviously because we're too close to it sometimes, like the frogs in that boiling water, to know what's going on. Uh, but if anybody watched what happened to those truckers up there, and God bless them, uh, it, it's, it's, you have to be frightened for this country. And by the way, Americans uh, can be frightened. Uh, we still march on, and we still get to the gunfire, but it's okay to be frightened because there is every reason for us to be frightened with what uh, these people are doing to our country. But they are intentionally weaponizing fear. That that also has been made clear all the way through this. I use mm -hmm. the phrase fear porn, but but there is a clear and conscious, there's clear evidence of conscience and conscious intent yep. to weaponize fear against the American public to uh, cause them to behave in in ways that the government intends them to behave and it in it right it goes from self-censorship all the way through you know just avoidance of conflict and uh flat out um you know shaking uh in fear stuck in your home to uh depression and people resorting to various drugs and drug abuse and alcohol abuse and suicide that's all driven by these governmental policies um, enforced by the media of propagating fear and we have to in when i was out on the west coast speaking on saturday one of my key messages i did two different engagements was um we have to recognize that this is full-on information warfare and the our opponents have no ethics they see no boundaries right. there is nothing that they won't do i was speaking to senator ron johnson for about 45 minutes last night about all the things he's been subjected to in wisconsin he doesn't even have an opponent yet but they've there's already been about 15 million dollars spent against him mm -hmm. in a long-standing coordinated media effort to paint him as an extremist and a crazy guy. <laughs> and that's that's what he's up against. And yeah. that's what we're all up against is this coordinated attack um, in, intended to delegitimize any voice. And yeah, so I've, I've been a victim of that, I guess, victim. I don't like to play a victim. Uh, it has certainly been, um, propagated you know weaponized against yeah. me but hey i'm still standing i'm still speaking with uh you know thanks to folks like you and uh i think all of us the the starting point with the fear is um you know the, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself right let's just stand up and have courage don't let them uh, bully us because that's really what it is is it's bully behavior yeah it's it is it's suffocating uh what what is happening in this country our middle class working men and women their families uh donald trump had acquainted them with the idea that republicans could be for them could work for them uh, and he did and he did so energetically and originally 
uh, now the Republican Party is in the hands of Mitch McConnell, uh, Mike, Mitch. Kevin McCarthy, uh, these yeah. these rhinos, and and people are desperate, desperate to be told you're not uh, who the people who teach CRT say you are. You're not uh, a racist because you want sovereignty. Uh, you want to control your own country's borders rather than send troops and MIGs and whatever else uh, uh, to to Ukraine. Uh, <laughs> to our client state. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, to support the, the profits of uh, these select uh, politically elite families. I mean, that's that's let's call it where it's at. I mean, all of the major leadership on the left uh, has sons that are sitting on keyboards and are profiting from the Ukraine situation. It had become a client state. Yep. And uh, with with a puppet uh, leader that we've placed in there, that's so that I think that situation is far more complex than we're allowed to think. Don't you um, find it interesting just to the media? Yeah. Go ahead. Don't you don't you find it interesting that Americans we call those uh, billionaires in Ukraine and Russia, we call them oligarchs. <laughs> Our billionaires we call immensely successful businessmen and women, uh, and uh, almost revere in our corporatist media. I wonder why. Uh, and we give power to social media and big tech to ban a president from the platform. Uh, never mind the, the little individual user or Twitter person uh, who just gets batted around. We, we tolerate that. And we tolerate it because we're fearful. We don't want to be called a racist. We don't want to be a bad person. Uh, uh, even though we're acting anti-vaxxers, we don't want to be anti-vaxxers. Oh, exactly. You don't <laughs> want have, to be. They have all kinds of euphemisms, all kinds <laughs> of labels for us. Well, you. But broken... it is. It's bullying. I mean, it's schoolyard bullying. Yeah, it's 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 fascism, uh, it's totalitarianism, and and Lord help us, we better stop it now. Uh, Doctor Miller, we have, as you know, on this pro on this podcast. Uh, an important uh, feature in which we give the guest always the last word. And this is your turn. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, Lou. Um, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, I think that the, the key message here is that um, uh, we, we all need to be aware of what's happening and don't despair. And, I really believe that for our fellow man, our other citizens, even those that are wrapped up in this hypnosis, we need to have an open heart, not, not seek to retaliate, recognize that they're suffering from having been um, subjected to propaganda and having their, their worldview crafted by major media and our challenge is to talk them out of it and it can be done we have to be very patient but but we can get there if we stand up and stand on our principles and remember that this amazing gift that was given to us by the founding fathers is our heritage and we have to defend it well, first, we have to recognize what it is and that it's under yeah. threat. Over. Yeah. Outstanding. I appreciate it. Thanks, uh, Dr. Milan, for all that you've done for this country and continue to do. And thank you for being with us here today. Uh, God bless you. And I hope to see you soon. And, and thank you so much. Thanks, Lou. Be good. Dr. Robert Malone, a great American. Uh, his words, uh, eloquent in defense of a country that right now is in very deep trouble. As I said, uh, if you feel afraid, uh, that just shows that you're paying attention to what is happening. But we're going to overcome fear, and we're going to go to work, and we're going to take control of our lives, we're going to take control of our communities, and we're going to do so uh, with uh, the founding values of this country very much uh, in, in focus. We have to stand up now. We have to. I, I would urge you to do this. I would urge you to talk to your pastor, to your rabbi, to whomever 
that you uh, worship with and urge them, urge them to to please start speaking from their pulpits, to start encouraging energy and focus and awareness, because we have to turn this around. As Dr. Malone said, we, we have to be patient. But as uh, John Wooden, a great basketball coach, the greatest basketball coach in uh, college basketball history, used to say to his team, uh, be quick, but don't hurry. Uh, we've got until uh, November to get ready. Uh, that means we have to get ready now. We can only hope the Republican Party is working hard, urgently working to make certain that there are organizations, attorneys by the thousands and volunteers by the tens of thousands, ready to make certain that these midterm elections are secure and honest, absolutely legitimate. Let's all do our part and start with our local community and governments. Thanks for being with us and be with us tomorrow. Our guest will be coming to us from Ukraine and you'll want to hear from him on the ground in Ukraine. He and his organization called SaveOurAllies.org have rescued thousands of people in Afghanistan and now in Ukraine. His name is Chad Robichaud, Marine combat veteran, doing everything he can to save the victims of Russia's war on Ukraine. You'll want to hear his story. That's tomorrow. We want to invite you to sign up for our Great America Show Advisory and Newsletter. Simply go to ludobs.com, that's ludobs.com, and click on the email newsletter button. It's as simple as that. And we'll send you our advisories and alerts as well as our weekly newsletter. I don't want to overstate anything, but I'm pretty sure you will absolutely sense at least a small positive change in your world outlook. We invite you to join us and stay in touch. Thank you. That's ludobs.com. Thanks. God bless you and God bless America.